Hello and welcome to a new episode of the podcast In the Fire. We're happy to have you here. I am one of your co-hosts, Justin, along with my other two co-hosts, Thomas and Peter, who are joining me as well. Would you guys we like to say here. hello? Hello. <laughs> Howdy. How are you guys doing today? It, it's a, it's a good day, day to be in the inferno. Mm. Yes. But not donkeys. Birds. I hear some birds chirping where you guys are. So it yeah. sounds like you've got some friends joining you in the fire. We sure do. <laughs> We're recording outside today. They're singing out their praises to the Lord. It's very nice. Uh, do as well. <laughs> yes. Well, they'll in from time to time on this episode, I suppose. We'll be happy to hear from them. We've got a good episode in store for you today. It is actually a listener request episode. Uh, the topic today is on <laughs> yes, a listener request. We got it on our we got it on our Instagram page, which is at in the fire podcast. If you want to send in a request, you can also email us at three in the fire gmail.com. If you stick around to the end of the podcast, you'll hear us say all that again. Uh, so if you missed it now, well, you have to stick around and wait. <laughs> Dang. They can't, they can't rewind and go back and listen. <laughs> There's no. only one way. And they are forward. not allowed to do that. You must listen for the next hour and then hear it again at the end. But the, our listener request is on prayer, which is a kind of broad topic. So um, know exactly where to start with it. There's a lot of places it could go. But I felt maybe a a good place to go is what we're going to do today. So to answer the question on, uh, for me, how and why should we pray is what I came up with. To answer that question, we're going to take a look at a few different examples of prayer in the Bible, a few different kinds of prayer, if you will. And we're going to discuss, you know, some of our big takeaways from it. Why those people are praying, how they're praying, what they're doing, what it means. Uh, Some of these prayers will come from people who we have already talked about in episodes on this podcast. And we'll get at least one from someone new who we haven't really talked about on this podcast. So, Wow. There are no shortage of people to introduce, so this won't be the last time you hear someone's name for the first time on this podcast. But without further ado, I say we get started with our first prayer of the day, which comes from a place you might expect, the Book of Psalms. Which is no way. More or less a book of prayers. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to Psalm to talk about prayer. <laughs> Let's do it. This will be, be the only psalm we read today, though. So mm. read it. It's in, so it's in. <laughs> <laughs> this one is going to be out of the third chapter of Psalm, otherwise known as Psalm 3. A psalm of David when he fled from Absalom, his son. And I am going to ask... Peter, to read this one to kick us off. All right. (laughs) Psalm 3. Lord, how they have increased who trouble me. Many are they who rise up against me. Many are they who save me. There is no help for him in God. Selah. But you, O Lord, are a shield for me. My glory and the one who lifts up my head. I cried to the Lord with my voice, and he heard me from his holy hill. Selah. I lay down and slept. I awoke, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you have struck my enemies on the cheekbone. You have broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing is upon your people. Selah. Thank you, thank you. A couple of things. First, (laughs) that bird that you guys have is really trying to make a point. (laughs) second i'll give some context before we discuss this so it says a song of david when he fled from it from absalom his son david as as if you're listening you probably well know david wrote a lot of psalms and he wrote a lot of them when he was in times of trouble this being one of them he dealt with a lot of hardship in his life some brought on by other people, and some brought on by himself and his own shortcomings. This one 
I guess is kind of both. Uh, I guess he's not, you know, responsible for the actions of his son, who at this point in his life kind of forced David to flee because he wanted David's life and wanted to take the throne. But at the same time, we do know that his family troubles kind of are due to his own. So uh, sort of as punishment for that. So it's interesting. But here we have David responding in a time of trouble. And I'll go to you guys first and ask if there's anything that stands out to you in this passage. Uh, the first, I think, I lay down and slept. I awoke for the Lord sustained me. Puts in the context the hardship that he's having. Um, he doesn't know if he'll awake in the morning. But he, he only says awake for the Lord sustains him. So he's praising the Lord and giving thanks to him for sustaining him. But also he's at a state where he lays down to sleep and doesn't know if he'll wake up in the morning, um, which is, you know, helps provide that context of the, just the trouble he's in. So that's one thing that stood out to me. Uh, I think for me, I think that stood out verse two is a, uh, or yes. Yeah. The second half, but there's no salvation for him and God. Um, just because like he's kind of talking about his own son there, which is kind of crazy. But, yeah, uh, it sticks out a, a little bit for me because I think interesting, strong language, but for sure, because uh, Absalom was definitely trying to kill him. So <laughs> he was, and I think to that point, into Peter, what you said that this prayer maybe is a prayer of trust. It's so I have it labeled as a, a prayer for deliverance in times of hardship. Um, and I think verse five to six, like, or verse five specifically, I laid down and slept. I think in this prayer, he's showing his trust in God because, I mean, say you're on the run and you're fleeing through the wilderness or and you have a bunch of people chasing you, including your son who has kind of usurped the throne from under you. I would have trouble sleeping I think because I feel like they could come and find me in the night and that would be it. And if I was asleep, I couldn't do anything. But the fact that he lays down and sleep and then awoke for the Lord sustained me, he's giving credit for, you know, his ability to find peace in this and to even sleep. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. Um, and yeah, going off of Thomas's point, verse many are those who save me. There is no hope for him in God. That's very strong. Strong language for a big thing to say, especially when you're probably referring to your son who's saying that to David. So I think part of the hardship for David is not just those who rise up against him, but also insecure and fearful thoughts of maybe God not helping him, which his enemies believe to be true. And are, they're saying that to David, maybe to intimidate or discourage him. Um, but David still in his uh, comes to God and for this renewal and strength, which, you know, that later verse, he says, you know, he gives thanks to the Lord for sustaining him when he sleeps and he's putting his trust in the Lord to, you know, give him that peace. Um, and that's a good thing for him to realize that there actually is help for him in God, because um, this is from the Blue Letter Bible, but a Spurgeon quote regarding this is, um, if all the trials which come from heaven, all the descent from hell and all the prophets not make a trial so terrible as that which is contained in this verse. It is the most bitter of all afflictions to be led to fear that there is no help for us in God. So it's definitely a, a tactic that Absalom and his David's other enemies could have used to discourage him and make him um, make him doubt himself and feel unprotected from God. But uh, you, know, you read the rest of this chapter, and David really believes that God lifted his head rather than letting his head down, which would have happened, you know, if he's discouraged and believes that God's not there to help you down. But David specifically says that David, or that head hears him and protects him. Um, yeah, I thought that's, that's a powerful thing. Um, and I like how, you know, that's established in the beginning of the enemies say that. And then in the rest of the chapter, you can see David does not. Yeah. And I also, um, you know, it starts kind of with verse two. It starts in a bad place, verses one and two, like you guys said. And then 
verses three to eight, it kind of builds up. And I think the language gets stronger as it goes along. Starts like verse three, you, O Lord, are a shield for me. And then I cry at the Lord with my voice. I will not be afraid of 10,000s of people. Um, and then verse seven, for you have struck all my enemies on the cheekbone and broken the teeth of the ungodly men. Talks about something belonging to the Lord. I think it's stronger and bolder. And maybe that's something for us to draw. This, I think over the process of this prayer, you know, David was emboldened by prayer and by communicating with God. And I'm sure we see that in other Psalms too. Um, again, the Psalms are cool because this is actually what David, this is what it was going through his mind. And we know some of them link up to certain times in his past. Uh, so they're cool to see. Um, but yeah, I think as David is in this time of hardship, he's probably doubting. He's He's been through a lot in his life. And as he says this prayer, you know, he's asking for God to deliver him. And I think he's gaining confidence that God will, and God will draw him out of the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely a great, a great chapter. Just because... There's a, it's a very trying time in David's life, but he's, so for all those reasons, um, it's a great place to start this episode. Yeah, well, we'll go ahead and move on to the second prayer. Now, I'll say on a note for that first one, if you're looking for another prayer for someone in a time of hardship who's praying for deliverance, check out Jonah chapter two, which is uh, the praise from inside the belly of the whale. So you can imagine <laughs> the hardship he was facing to that point. <laughs> yes, but that's another one. To, that's another one to read. Um, the second prayer we're going to look at is out of First Samuel chapter two, just a, a little ways back in the Old Testament. This is going to be Anna's prayer, a prayer of thanksgiving and thankfulness. And uh, Thomas, how would you like to read this? I would love to. <laughs> and of prayer. And this is through 11? Uh, yeah, through uh, through 10. But if you want to read 11, you can. Right, we'll, go, we'll go through 10. <laughs> All right. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart exalts in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. My derides my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. There is none holy like the Lord, for there is none besides you. There is no rock like Talk no more so very proudly. Let not arrogance come from your mouth. For the Lord is a and by him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty are but the feeble bind on strength. Those who were full have hired themselves out for bread, but those who were hungry have ceased to hunger. The barren has borne seven. But she who has many children is forlorn. The Lord kills and brings to life. He brings down to Sheol and raises up. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and he raises up the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them and inherit a seat of all. The pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and on them he has set the world. He will guard the few ones, but the wicked shall be cut off in darkness. By might shall a man prevail. Adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Against them he will thunder in heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointing. There we have it. That's a pretty powerful prayer. Uh, first time yeah. I heard it read aloud. So, um, But this is, yeah, this is again a prayer from Hannah. Hannah. Uh, enough in first samuel is the mother of samuel samuel um for those who don't know listening samuel becomes uh, a chief priest in israel he anoints saul king saul and then he anoints david so samuel has a big part to play in the history of israel a really important one kind of overseeing when saul comes to power but also then when david's going to come to power samuel is in that um, and he's a big figure in Israel's history. And up to this point in First Samuel, we have Hannah, who um, 
I believe she's old, old and or not have a child for some reason, whether her age was the reason for that or not. But she prays to God for a child. She asks God for a child and God delivers and God delivers Samuel to her. So she has Samuel. Uh, she actually dedicates Samuel to the temple, which is eventually how Samuel becomes a priest. Uh, so we have that. What do you guys like about this prayer? I think it's a great way to start the prayer. It's just on a positive note saying, my heart rejoices in the Lord. Uh, my horn is all. And then in verse 2, no one is like the Lord besides you. Um, similar to what um, here Hannah realizes that her enemies pale in comparison to God. And she comes to God like initially off the bat saying, no one is like the Lord and there's so much to rejoice in because of that. So that's a great way to start the prayer. Um, a couple other things I noticed is that things that remind me of the, some New Testament um, passages and prayers, one of them being in verses four through nine, she goes on to really the Lord's name, which reminds me of the Lord's prayer in which it says, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. She's talking about all the, all the times, um, or she's referring to instances where God has come through on behalf of those who believe in him. Um, and the Lord, you know, overcomes enemy uh, of, of Hannah, other Israelites, whatever she's referring to here. You know, she says the bowels of the mighty men are broken. Those who stumbled are during the strength. So she's calling back um, all these times where the Lord's been faithful and protected um, protected her or protected other people. Um, and so I think that's I think that's pretty cool. Her part is in the right place from this prayer because um, she calls she prays about some things that remind me. So, for example, in verse five, she says, "Those who." Were full have hired themselves out for bread, and the hunger. Even the barren has borne seven, and she who has many children has become feeble. And then in verse eight, he raises the poor from the dust and lifts the beggar from the ash heap to set them among princes and make them inherit the throne of glory. So, kind of reminds me of the Beatitudes in the sense, where, like she's recognizing uh, the Lord uh, exalts those who are those who are humble and those who are meek um, and weak are see there's examples of them inheriting the throne of glory or inheriting um, yeah, the kingdom of God. So I think that's pretty neat. So there's a lot to unpack. This is a, a great prayer and it's pretty long. So um, I just wanted to point out those things from the New Testament, which I found pretty neat. Yeah. Cool. Nice. Yeah, so, so I have this listed as a prayer of thanksgiving and thankfulness. Uh, Hannah in this moment is a, you know very thankful for what God has done, but and it is that, but also like we don't see her saying like, I don't think, um, I think you know a natural way for us to say maybe a prayer of thanks would say thank you God for giving this to me, which is fine, and that's good. It's good to thank God for that if he, you know, if he does something or you thank him, but she takes it this route of exaltation um like she is so thankful that she has now remembering everything that he has done for her and everything that he has done for his people and she's kind of overflowing with this praise that she has for him that comes out of her thankfulness for what her um which is cool so i think it shows us in prayer praise god in your prayer Use it to yeah, communicate, definitely. but use it to show him how great he is because he is great. Um, I in my worship class this last semester, <laughs> it was just a class just on worship composition. Uh, we talked about prayer one of the days, and this is very interesting. There's a a common like in the early church. Post, like, like when the Didache was written, it's just like 
one of the first liturgies ever used. Um, a common like format for prayer would be blessing, gratitude, and then like petition. Uh, whereas like first is, and then you thank God for what he's done. And then you ask him for like things, you know, like you, you give your petitions to God. Um, and I don't necessarily see that here, but it's a lot of blessing and thank you. Uh, and honestly, yeah. in, in any prayer, you're going to have three, just period. But I think here it also shows that, like, because Hannah is is blessing the Lord through this, it shows her righteousness. Um, and then, like, during a time when Eli, the priest, and his sons were not really, like... <laughs> Like or like upholding justice or being good priests, Eli was fine, but his sons were taking bribes and not really seeking justice. And Eli himself was losing his sight, and so he, he took uh, Hannah's devotion in the last chapter uh, for goodness. <laughs> I can't you see that I'm praying to the, to God, and he's like, "Oh, um, may it be granted." <laughs> um. And so I, I think it's this is a really good example of like Hannah's devotion to the Lord isn't just like for her son, it's period. She's devoted to uh, the Lord grants her a child. Uh, and, and it's very cool. And she she would she sees the Lord this way with or without her child. Um, yeah. And she was given Samuel. And, and that's a beautiful gift. Yeah, and, and you know, it's possible that we don't really see petition side of things in this prayer because her, you know, the petition, the request was made in her previous prayer, which, you know, as you mentioned, she was in the temple praying for a child. Um, and then God responded, and now she's responding to him, so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that is good stuff. Uh, we'll move on to the next prayer, unless there's anything else to add from you guys. Oh, um, one quick thing. This is before Saul has been named like the first king over, over Israel. And she prays in verse 10, the Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointing, oh. um, which is interesting. Because at this point, the Lord is still the king over it. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that's fascinating. Something to note. Mm -hmm. Well, cool. She's referring to Jesus, too. Who knows? Maybe. Yeah. Um, well, if you want another prayer of thanksgiving to read, you can check out a strikingly similar prayer in uh, Luke chapter 1, verses 46 to 55, which is... Uh, Mary's song once she learns that she is going to give birth to Jesus. Very similar prayer. Uh, some words are like the same exact thing, so that's kind of neat. And we challenge we you read it here. We challenge you listeners to maybe recite these prayers at your next Thanksgiving feast, which will yes. be many months away. But <laughs> if you remember that for later, we highly recommend you do that. <laughs> That's a good idea. Thank you. Um, the next prayer we're going to look at is Thomas. To your to your point on kind of the makeup of prayer, a prayer of petition. I'll read this one. It's from the book of Ephesians, so this will be from Paul, and it's Ephesians chapter three, verses fourteen through twenty-one. This is where Paul writes: For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him, was able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask think according to the ask or think according to the power that works in us to him be glory in the
the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So a prayer from Paul here. Uh, the last note in this, or not the last verse, but um, verse 20, to him who is able to do abundantly more than we could ask or imagine. I, I have always loved that verse. Um, and I think it's really a good, you know, to jump off in discussing this prayer. It's a good place to start because in a prayer of petition, the idea, I think, is that <laughs> we can really do nothing apart from God, but God is the one who can do anything exceedingly more than we could ask or imagine. Um, so if you want something done, if you want, then, then why not petition God? Why not ask God for it? And I think, you know, um, we don't need to be afraid to ask God for things. You know, he's God. He can provide it if he wants to, and he will if he wants to. And if not, as long as you ask for the right reasons, there's no harm in asking him. You know, there are going to be lots of things that we are unable to do in this world. Um, and we have to ask God and we petition God because he is the only one who can do what we cannot do. And Paul seems to understand that. I'll, I'll go even as far as to say you can ask <laughs> for the wrong reasons. Yeah, like, don't be afraid um, to ask God for things. <laughs> but like, you can ask for something, like, like, you can be selfish in your prayer and like, but you're, you're giving that to God in a way that you're saying, like, this is like what I want for me, <laughs> right? And it's like, what do you think about that? You know, <laughs> and in a way it's like giving it up to God. And it's, it's interesting because like God will give it to you if it's in his will or not. And so why not ask for the things that you want? Um, I mean, Philippians four, six, um, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Right. That's, that's one of the memorize, like you memorize the, that verse. Yeah. And I, I think, I think it's very plain. It's like, whether like we want it for just ourselves or for a greater purpose, you know, bottom line is we want it and we want to ask God for it. And if he wants to give it to us, he will. And if he doesn't, he won't. And that's great <laughs> either way. But it, being selfish in prayer is a way of giving things up to God and learning to be humble because it's not up to you. It's up to him. Yeah. You're still saying, Lord, do with this request what you will. And if it's good for me, like God will, God will do his best for you. Um, whether that's he grants the prayer or not, he will still answer the prayer. Um, yeah, which is awesome. It's also hard, sometimes hard to discern, like, what our requests, if they're selfish or not. Um, it's kind of hard for us to, like, understand where our hearts are coming from um, at times. So it might just be best to just make those requests known, all of them in their entirety, which I think is definitely a good thing to, to note. Um, and overall, I think this prayer really points to understanding God more and his power and what he can do rather than what we can do. I love the two, the two phrases or the two clauses that I wanted to point out were verse 20, according to the power that works in us. And in verse 16, according to his riches of his glory, um, according to his riches of his glory. I remember my, uh, pastor in college mentioned before that it's important to note that it's according to the riches of his glory. It could be. It could have been like from the riches of his glory, which makes it seem like he's God is drawing from like a pool of riches. Um, that's that would make it more like a limited view, a limited uh, I, like he's like his riches are limited. But here it's according according to the riches of his glory, which are infinite. And so the requests and the what God will uh, deliver to you um, through prayer like what he will provide is according, like in proportion to those unlimited riches, which could be anything and recognizing that like the God has the power to grant anything and give us anything that he will so that he knows is best for us is um, a good posture of humility to recognize that like God does that and not ourselves. And then similarly, according to the power that works in us, recognizing that like God is the power that works in us um, when we become you know, more sanctified 
and more godlike. It's because of God and the Holy Spirit working within us. So those are two great things to pray about and recognize. And then, yeah, and then I love verse 19, which goes off sort of in a similar vein, um, in that it says, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Like one of the purposes of this prayer is to simply know God more. And when we do know God more, then we realize, like, he grants us, or he answers our prayers according to the according to his riches and through the power that is within us. Um, and there is you know, great power, hope, victory in knowing Christ. And you look at some of the other prayers, um, like Hannah previously, we mentioned her righteousness. Like she knew God and that's, you can see the, the humility in her prayer was probably because, uh, and she set a great model for her prayer because of her righteousness and David as well, because they knew and wanted to know God more. Mm. Yeah, good word. Just a little background from what I can find by looking through this real quick now on what Paul is really praying for, kind of. This is a church to the, or a letter to the Ephesians, uh, church of churches of the Ephesians in Ephesus. Um, Paul kind of wrote this letter, somewhat bolding them, and I, I think this has a way of doing that. Um, he is actually praying specifically, I think, for the, the, the chapter or the verses before this talk about, you know, the mystery of the gospel and the mystery be revealed to these people. Um, and so he's asking that I, for them to be emboldened, for them to understand, for them to live out and uh, really live with great fulfillment of uh, the, the gospel message. Um and Paul, at this time, I think, is he might be writing this from prison, so he's kind of going through some hardship. But at the same, but while he's doing that, he's still petitioning God, kind of, for the benefit of other people. So his humility is really shown, I think, and and first the fact that he is praying to God, and he this prayer is all about God. It's all about the riches of God, the riches of knowing God, and the riches of asking God for things, and what God can provide. Every single verse is centered around God and centered around Christ. Um, and I think that's one thing that we can take away, you know, in our prayers. Center things around God. You really want this to be about Him and about Jesus. And yes, you can ask Him for things that involve you, and you, but you want it to be about your relationship with God and what God can do. Um, and Paul, as we know, is big on salvation for other people. And I think this shows a lot of who he is, um, that he is making this prayer and he is sending this letter um, for the benefit of other people. And probably for himself, too. Yeah, that's a good point. Prayer should always be focused on God, even though we are a lot of the time talking about our own lives. Yeah. But, yeah. Mm. Um, another prayer that you could look on for, for this, or kind of a prayer, I get maybe a quick, um, but Jesus, you know, leading up to his crucifixion, asking for forgiveness for those who persecuted and executed him, you know? Um, it's Jesus' humility, asking for something for other people, which is, uh, I don't think I'd be able to do that if I was going through that. But um, just an example, I think, of someone making a, you know, a direct petition to God for something, even going through hardship. Yeah. Mm. All right. Uh, two more prayers to look at. The next one is going to come from the Gospel of Luke. This is going to be a prayer of repentance. This is actually going to be from a parable. Um, so it's kind of going to be a prayer. Um, but I think it's going to give us something that we can look at and kind of understand what it means to ask for repentance from God. This is Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. Go back to Peter to read this one. All right. <laughs> the word of the Lord says, uh, also he spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. 
two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I am not like the other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the tax collector, standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. There we have it. A prayer of repentance and a prayer of uh, not in the same section. <laughs> um, so, you know, this is actually, this one's a really good one to read if you're listening to this. I'd go back to Luke 18, 9 through 14 if you want, you know, directly from, from Jesus, kind of how we should be repentance and what we should not do if we want any kind of repentance. So I think these verses reveal the heart of the Pharisee and then the heart of the tax collector. Um, I'll, I'll turn to you guys. What do you think? Yeah, I like that this comes you know, straight from the horse's mouth, so as to speak, from Jesus. <laughs> um, <laughs> the best horse there is. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think yeah, this builds off of the previous um, prayer that we looked at in that prayer should really be about God and not ourselves. Um, you see, you have a prayer of the Pharisee, which is a prayer of that comes out of pride. When it's the Pharisee a selfish prayer. <laughs> yeah, a selfish prayer. God, I thank you that I am not like the other men. Um, the Pharisee thinks high of himself, and that's a big part of his prayer, which is a, a big no-no. Um, despite his seemingly righteous actions and works, he's really prideful of, of his own works, which is not what the, the ideal prayer should be, which is from the tax collector who is comes from a, a, um, a stance of humility, and it's more of a humble, selfless prayer. He can't even raise his eyes to heaven, but um, says, God, be merciful to me as sin is, um, that he, just like the Pharisee, is a sinner, but he's not uh, boasting of his good works. He's saying, God, be merciful be merciful to me, a sinner, coming from a source of humility, which I think, um, which I know is the, the model that um, we should strive to emulate ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, this is, this is the big conundrum with the Pharisees, right? They, 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 they are seeking God and they're seeking to be righteous, but they're putting too much of an emphasis on what they can do in this world to get them to be better than other people. And it leads to a lot of um, selfishness and pride. And in, in that, like, you know, he's like, man, look at me. Like, I'm so happy I'm a Pharisee and that I know the scriptures and that I am righteous and I do all these great things for you, God. You're lucky to have me as your follower. And... <laughs> And the, the very person that he thinks that he's that he's praying that he's not is the person who's justified. Yeah. Um, and it's a tax collector who's widely seen as somebody who takes and takes and takes, who like yeah, who's unjust. And then, but but the one that goes home justified is the tax collector, because he repents. And I think that's the big difference. The Pharisee is like, look at me being great. Um, but he doesn't know what, but he, he lacks the reason for why he, that would make him great is because that it, it's supposed to like, when you're being righteous, it's supposed to draw your eyes to your sin and be like, this is a sinful life. And I'm trying to be better with the help of God. Whereas, um, the tax collector is just like, I am a sinner. Help me <laughs> be merciful to me. Like, this is bad. I'm, I'm in a bad place. Pharisee thinks he's already conquered his sin. Um, and, and you never conquer your own sin. <laughs> it's impossible. Yeah. And it's an easy place to think you're at. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. And, uh, I think I have only a couple things to add to what you guys said. One is the simplicity of the tax collector's prayer. And I think it shows that prayer is not 
necessarily about like the words you say or anything. Or, um, I mean, it is to an extent, but we have scripture to help us with that. But it's really more so about where your heart is. I mean, his prayer, his prayer here is, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. <laughs> That's all that we have. Um, and it's enough. It's, clearly, his heart is in the right place. So when you're praying, um, and I, I dare say, you probably, sometimes you may not even have to say anything. Your prayer could be a silent, like, move of your heart. You are asking God for forgiveness, you know, or something like that, as long as your heart is in the right place. Um, and then I think the end of this passage just sums it up perfectly for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted. That's, that's the point of the prayer of repentance, um, humility. Mm. For another example of a prayer of repentance, which we have covered before, so uh, did not cover it in this episode would be in Psalm 51, a prayer for David, and this would be the prayer after David with Bathsheba is found out. So a good one to read, one, but it goes a little bit deeper, I think, into David's repentance. Yeah. Mm. We have read that in the past episode. Um, we have talked all about that part of David's life. So you can find that episode. I think it's called the the fall of a go track that down and listen to it. Yeah, it's a good one. It is. Yeah. We have one more prayer to read today. We're gonna flip way back to the book of Exodus, where we get a prayer from from <laughs> Moses. <laughs> and uh, I think Thomas is up to read this one per the rotation of readers. This one is Exodus chapter 15, verses 22 through 27. Here we go. Then Moses made Israel set out from the Red Sea, and they went into the wilderness of Shur. Sure. And <laughs> they went in the wilderness and found no water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink the water because or the water of Marah, because it was bitter. Therefore, it was named Marah. And the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a law. Water, and the water became. The Lord made for them a statute, statute and a rule, that, and there he tested them, saying, If you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God, and do that which is right in his eyes, and give ear to his commandments, and keep all of his statutes. I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord your healer. Then they came to Elim, where there twelve springs of water and seventy palm trees, and they encamped there by the water. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Uh, if you if you listen to that, you may be wondering where was the prayer there. It was snug right in the middle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I chose this one because we get a little prayer from Moses, but we also get kind of the context around the prayer here and what happens after the prayer. Actually, so this context um, happens right after the crossing of the Red Sea as the Israelites are escaping the Egyptians who are chasing them. Uh, right after they escape, right after they cross the Red Sea, Exodus 15 opens with the Song of Moses, which is, you know, kind of more than anything, a prayer of thankfulness and of praising God. So you can go and read that. We, it's an example of a prayer asking God for guidance. So after they crossed the Red Sea, as you heard Thomas read, uh, they had no drink. And the people of Israel started to worry, as they tended to do. And they started to get a little restless. And then you have... 24, they complained to Moses and asked him. And then verse 25 is kind of where our prayer is here. He cried out to the Lord and the Lord showed him a, a tree or a log in Thomas's Bible. When he cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. 
Um, so we don't really have Moses' prayer, but we do know that he has for guidance in this situation. Um, so what do you guys think of this one? Yeah, there's um, nothing more spot on than, so we cried out to the Lord and the Lord showed him a tree. Life proverbial to be shown to help you go from bitter to. I like that point a lot. I like that a lot. I really like that. Yeah. (laughs) Because you have like the prayer again is super simple here. I'm sure what he cried out was more than just like him. Ah, (laughs) what we see is the response to the prayer and how many times this made me think like if i cried out to god for guidance in this situation and god showed me a log like if i was walking along and i said god what am i supposed to do with my next steps and all of a sudden i looked to my i had this thought you gotta look to your right and i looked to my right and saw a log i'd be like what that's that's nothing but just here somehow has it within him to not only say this prayer but when he is shown a log or a tree which otherwise we wouldn't think anything of he takes it and for some reason he throws it into the water and then they can drink the water which i think shows more than anything that moses asked for guidance but then he was very open to god's response to that prayer for guidance and he was going to take any sign that he got and he was going to do something with it and maybe that's the mindset we should have when asking for guidance is that what God shows us, no matter how small it may be, even if it's just a log, we should do something with it. Yeah. I think also I'd like to mention that um, just in general about prayer, uh, kind of stepping back a little bit, but in order to pray, you have to talk to God. you know and and that's just like get comfortable like just like talking to god and bringing him like really meaningless things that you like worry about or something but just like or like even just like talk to him like you're talking to a friend you know um like it's a loud frog (laughs) sorry (laughs) but like frog is crying out But, you know, we're able to go to the God of the universe, you know, take advantage of that. Like, talk to him, like, talk to him about your fears, your hopes, your dreams, your wants, your dislikes, just like, yeah, and like, and and don't just speak, but also listen. And, and like, make sure like, you're not the, you, nobody likes a friend who only talks, like, about themselves and (laughs) all of that. But God will love you regardless. So you can do that all you want. Um, But in order to have a relationship, you need both parties need to be active in it. And the relationship will never fall. You're not listening to the other person. Um, Conversation's a two-way street and God is responding. He's talking back to you, uh, even if it's hard to hear. Um, it is happening and he is responding. It might not be what you think or how you want him to respond, but he will, he will respond and he will answer. The answer isn't always what you want, but it's a very good thing to to have open ears when you're also praying to God, um, as much as an open mouth, but Mm -hmm. yeah, I think this is also a good example of that. He cried out to the Lord, and he's like, All right, throw this log in that water. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> got nothing better to do. <laughs> yeah. It shows a lot of trust. Ask for guidance, you have God to guide you. Mm. Um, well said, well said. And then we see the outcome of all of it for Israel, too, where you know that has a larger. They Moses seeks his guidance on behalf of Israel, and uh, then God, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord and do what is right, give ear to his commands, I will put none of these diseases on you, for I'm the Lord. So, you know, if you ask for guidance, diligently listen for God's voice afterwards.
Mm. Yeah. Anything that you guys have to add for thing that we talked about today? Um, just on this previous passage, if you think Mara is a good name for your for your children, I thought so at first. I was like, Mara, that's a cool name. Remember, it means bitter. <laughs> so give Which that is why they call the water Mara. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a good note to end on, I think. Stick with um, Mary. <laughs> and in this episode on prayer, I will say a prayer to close this down. God, thank you for another time of coming together in the fire here with Peter and Thomas. I thank you for the listener request that we had in this episode. I, I hope that more come along. Um, it was it was a good episode for us. And, you know, actually, you are able to do abundantly more than we ask or imagine. If you could bring us dozens of listener requests, that would be fantastic. Um, but otherwise, we are happy to continue doing this podcast no matter what. I pray that we would take what we talked about today and that we would, the three of us, would put it to use and that any listeners would put it to use in our prayer lives, however uh, new or longstanding those lives, prayer lives with you might be. I pray that you would guide us in your name. Amen. All right, Peter. Let them know and get in touch with us. All right. If you didn't hear previously at the beginning of this episode, (laughs) we told you to wait until the end. (laughs) So here we are. <laughs> um, and if you want to reach out to us, we have an Instagram at In the Fire Podcast. You can DM us, like our posts, follow us. Um, we highly encourage it and we'd love to hear from you. We'd also love to hear from you if you prefer email, if you're one of those people. Um, and uh, you can reach out to us via that avenue by uh, emailing us at three, the number three in the fire at gmail.com. Um, you can also follow us on wherever you listen to these podcasts, get a notification whenever an episode comes out from um, Spotify, wherever you've streamed. Um, we'd highly recommend that also. Star rating, if you so desire. <laughs> or rated however you feel that it is rated, mm-hmm. which would be nothing or five stars. <laughs> <laughs> We trust you to do the right thing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, it was fun talking with you guys again. Anyone who's listening, thank you for making it this far. Thank you for listening. This is the 64th episode of In the Fire. So uh, we are always thankful for all of you guys. And we will talk to you next week. Until then, everyone enjoy your week. Adios.